Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Mark O'Mealy story. In episode one, we talked about his debut, the North Sydney Bears and the Northern Eagles, and a boy establishing a reputation in a man's game. The story continues. Back to footy, 04. Was it the best year of your professional life? Premiership with the Bulldogs, you played Origin again, you debuted for Australia. What a wonderful year. Yeah, it was. Uh... Looking at it, every it seemed to be every second year I had really good years. So, uh, 04 was really was really good year for me. You know, I think the only thing I lost was a city country game. Yep. Um, at Gosford, but uh, yeah, mate, very lucky. Um, you now we went into Origin camp that year. With Phil Gould, I still remember it. He started talking to us about defensive systems, and we had there was four or five dogs players in there, and started talking to us about different points and fields and splitting and, and advantages here and there, what you can do. And we took that back to Clubland and that drive through. It also helped. We had guys coming through like Rosa Tassi, uh, Sonny Bill Williams, Jonathan Thurston, Nate Miles, a couple of them young kids. But yeah. that was you know, through the development of them kids. They were still establishing themselves. You beat the Chooks 16-13 in that grand final. What stands out from the day? Um, I don't really remember it. The hardest game I've ever played in my life was the week before versus Penrith. Um, okay. It was the only time I've never nearly give up in a game where I was struggling. Uh, we'd lost Pricey and Royce Tassi in the game. Yep. We had no middle left. And, you know, that was when they had Nalavau, Pulitua, Martin Lang. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were just going at um, going at full steam ahead at you. Pritis was on fire. They were just mm. India, India, India. And we had you know, we were really struggling, and I'm looking around, going, looking at the sideline, and to me that's an indication when the players look at the sideline, they're about to give up. Yep. And uh, Corey Hughes just rode me, just got up me, he said, "We need you, mate. We need you to lead this team." And just rode me and rode me and rode me. And I remember Matt Utah, we cracked on the left edge, and we got through there, and then they all come over, pat me on the head, saying, "That's you. You've, you've been working your ass off. That was you." Then Rennie scored on the right-hand side, went through the grand final. Well, that was the most taxing, toughest game, only game I've ever felt like giving up. You on one side, Michael Crocker on the other side in that grand final. But it wasn't just that grand final. It's a rivalry that wouldn't go away. Where did it start? Uh, when I was at Northern Eagles, um, they were talking to me about playing Origin and we played Roosters, I think it might have been a Friday night. I cleaned him out off the ball, and I got a week for it. It's high, not for cleaning him out, but it's high, and that sort of pushed me back. And then, uh, and then I broke my ankle and missed. Straight away, I sort of took it personal. Yeah, uh, Croc was actually good. He, he um, remember the manager got him to write a thing to say that there was no attendance in it, but I still took the week. Uh, and then after that, I just sort of you know, respected him and thought, yep. well, I want to. You know, I'm going to every time we play, I'm going to. I test him out the best I can. That Adrian Morley as well, so that a pretty tough back. You're trying mm. to trying to uh, not intimidate, but try and get the better of. 
The origin fight between you and Croc, I spoke to him about it on an earlier episode and we sort of came to the conclusion it was simply two alpha males when there's only room for one. They were doing what they had to do and what they needed to do. Quite a job. They would have put bombs up. My job was to kick chase, hit hit Matty Bowen as hard as I could or Reese Wesser and uh, don't let any bullshit get in the way. And Mm. Croc got in and pushed around, so it was my opportunity. Uh, a smart play. Once they get an opportunity, you take it. Yeah, you know you're not. You're only going to slap on the wrist and off you go. So, mate, it wasn't a great fight. No, I think we both threw a few handbags, but uh, yeah, mate, it was uh, it was a good moment in Origin. We've heard Croc's story about the nightclub after the Origin fight. Love your version of events. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, yeah, I think it's probably seventy percent true. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, mate, that's what Origin's about. That's how yeah. I was raised. You know, I was raised to get out there and force, intimidate, and take no bullshit. So, um, you know, the missus was the same. Okay, so we've spoken about you and Croc, but probably not the best Origin fight you've been in. Anyone that saw it remembers, let's say under 16s or under 17s, you and Carl Webb. Tell us the story. Uh, yeah, went into the Old Lang Park. I uh, hadn't played, couldn't make any school rep footy or anything, and got called in. New South Wales and the coach was telling me to watch their uh, their other front row. It was Golden Glove, and I'm going, "What's his name?" And they're going, "Carl Webb," and talking about him. And I'm new; I'd only just got to Norths, mm. big smoke, etc. Uh, and I just went, "Well, which player is he?" So I ran at him and bumped him off. And as he landed, I elbowed him straight in the head, and he stood up, and I started throwing him. So uh, Webby got me a few. I got him a few, and what uh, it. He was, we always got on very well. You know, Webby's a champion. There's a, a respect there now, and you have been mates for a while, and without sounding like a dinosaur, I loved it, like 98%, 99% of the crowd. I miss it, like 95% of the crowd. You're a father now, though. You're a coach. The world is changing. Are we right to be having no stinks in rugby league? Uh, mate, my boys, I've never seen them have a fight, so they're 22 and 20. Wow. Uh, so I didn't raise my boys that way. Yep. Uh, I was raised a different way and, you know, to take every inch. Yep. We didn't have much growing up, so it's a bit different um, back then where, you know, I haven't raised my boys. There's been a few times when I've seen some stuff happen to them, obviously because they're, they're, they're my children, but they've handled themselves well. As a player or a parent, you don't care about yourself. So what yeah. what I do on the field or what I did on the field, I didn't care. It was my body. I, I had no self-preservation. That's why the old body doesn't look too well at the moment. But um, when you're coaching or looking after other kids or other people's welfare, it's, it's a concern. And um, with the con- con- concussions in sport, the yeah. size, the athlete, the power, it's not a good look for the game. You've got this big, tough exterior, and I know how soft or how lovely and, and genuine you can be, but you, you just mentioned then your two sons copying it for being a footballer's son, just for having a last name. That's it. Don't worry, I would have done thing, it. isn't it? Yeah, I would have done it. Would have you? If I was playing kids, I, yeah. like, there's no – you enter that field, it's all gloves off. So. Mm. Um, that's how it works, but um, you know, boys handle themselves well. They're mature. They're young men now. Mm. Um, you know, I'd love to have been them growing up. 
Um, they've, they've, they've lived lived everywhere, been to England. Yeah. You know, they've uh, they've experienced some good life experiences. Looking back now, how easy was it for your teammates? And there were some beauties to G you up and get you ready before a game. I can see guys like William Marshall, Mason, Rennie Matur and company thinking it was actually funny to start Ging up the ogre. Did they get you plenty of times? Yeah, they, yeah, I got wound up a few times, but it benefited the team anyway. Yeah. Uh, it was weird. It was at a stage you felt so powerful on the field that you could influence the game and mm. control the game, and that's how the game was played then. Uh, look, Nate Miles got me the best. Okay. A lot of people know this story, but um, I'm in the sheds, earphones on, got me stereo head on. I used to get in two hours before the game, and Nate walks in and goes, Ogre, did you hear the radio coming in on Triple M? I said, no, nah, what was it? He goes, mate, uh, I said Bryce Gibbs on the radio talking up that he's taken your origin jumper and that you're, uh, <laughs> you've been a has-been and you're struggling and, and your form's been poor and you played reserve grade last week. And uh, I did. I played reserve grade the week before because I, I, I turned up to train and uh, not professionally. I had a cork and I'd been drinking, so folks, he made me the week before play reserve grade. So I had to play 80 minutes in reserve grade. So that was already in me, in the back of my mind that, you know, I was pretty pissed off. And yeah. there was an Anzac test match getting selected the next week. Uh, so Nate's ran with that. And I didn't let him know. I just went, oh, yeah, all right. And I could hear him talking, and they're all talking. I got my earphones on, and I'm watching them. I'm trying not to pay attention, and they're pointing around to that. And I could hear Mace going, are you serious? Uh, And got me. And uh, I just sat there and went, well, I watched him a couple of weeks ago put it on Yeah. And Rollsy shit himself and went to water. He elbowed Rollsy in the top of the head when he's on the ground. If he does that to me, I'm going to get up and job him. And I'd already watched and I'd already pre-planned it and I'd seen what he did. I used to watch every game every weekend. Wow. So I watched, I knew everything. I knew every cheap shot. I knew yep. who was the grubs, who was slipping this in there and that. So as soon as he mentioned it, I went, all right, sweet. I'll, I'll get my shot here. So early in the game, he's uh, tackled me, elbowed me on top of the head. So I let a few go. I went, that's a free shot. Yeah. Let's get him out. And then uh, a little bit later, we got a dropout and uh, – I think he was mouthing me a bit about being on the bench and I'd been dropped the week before, like I said, through an in-house breach through the leadership group. And, uh, yeah, I just um, thought I'll see if you can handle this. And uh, yeah, that, that was the story. And then after the game, go in the sheds and all the boys are just laughing, going, what about that? You just destroyed him. And... Uh, they're going, that was a joke, because he didn't even say that. <laughs> so I'd done all the media interview, everything after, and uh, the boys were laughing, and Nate made it up. I was saying to the media, I still remember uh, going to hoops and that, going, yeah. mate, he shouldn't talk it up and say he's, he's taking me Australian jumper, an origin jumper. And uh, boys are laughing, he didn't even say it. So then I felt sorry for him. I've seen him down Norvies a couple of times, because he, he sort of slid his form there for a while, and I yeah. felt pretty bad, and he is a good fella. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry. 
visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. At the end of 07, both you and Willie Mason moved to the Chooks. You on a four-year deal, Mason on a three-year deal. Why the move? Was it Oh, mate, mine was money? more – nah, I, I took a lot of pay cuts at the Dogs and with different boards and it was supposed to be, you know, given to me in, in contracts to come and yep. new boards coming and couldn't, you know, couldn't uh, provide that money and, you know, I just had to make a decision. Yeah. And, I was coming to the end. Like I said, I was breaking down every second year. Uh, you know, I, I'd put my body through a fair bit, mm. run the brick walls all day. So I had to uh, make a decision that, that looked after me and my family. Um, and, you know, Folksy was great. I sat down with Folksy, spoke to a, you know, a lot of respect for Folksy. He was yeah. a great, you know, mentor for a lot of us younger kids at the Dogs. And, he was the same. He was saying, go and take it, mate. We can't match that and we can't honour or we can't, you know, off previous boards, we can't we can't honour these contracts. So, um, and I'd nearly been to the Roosters twice before. Yeah. Uh, spoke to the Roosters. Dogs were only offering me two years. Roosters could offer me four. Uh, just a lot of variables there. Freddie was coach as well. At the stage when, I, when I'd signed... Wayne Bennett was going to be coach, mm. and then I had Chris Anderson, and then Freddie was coach. So a few changes in the time I'd signed there, uh, but it was it was you know like I said another fingerprint I got to have at a club. First year there, I think we we're equal minor premiers. Yes. Um, we bowed out the two finals. I remember we Belton Warriors got beat. We we're Belton Broncos got beat. Mm. Uh, I got to. You know, leave me fingerprint there and, and have a, you know, have a have another you know another challenge at another club. Oh nine, you only played the ten games, then you cut short your stay because you still had a deal for another one or two. You left for the UK and Hull. You're only twenty eight. Did you go early? Yeah, I went early. Um, I I regretted that. I went early. Yeah, but I was broke. Like my knee was busted. Mm. I, I've got a lot of problems with it now. Um. Condo passes, they couldn't really do much. Uh, elbows, lots of lots of injuries, mm. and um, at that stage, we're trying to freshen up, trying to look after me. I was getting lots of hamstring tears, lots of back problems. Uh, just you know, probably uh, a bit worn out at that time. And because then, of um, the way you played the game, you just can't keep doing. Oh, that. And I used to do stupid things like so. New Year's Day, I'd get up and go, "Well, no one's trying New Year's Day." I'm doing 18k road run, or I'm riding 50k's, or Chrissy Day. I'd train the family, get the shits, because I'd go and train Chrissy yeah. Day. I used to always want to do. If someone was doing extras, I was doing more because I want to be better than you because you're doing extras. I'm doing extra extras. So yeah. I just kept running myself into the ground, um, and I couldn't stop. It was a disease that just takes over, obsessive compulsiveness, where I just wanted to keep going, going, going. Then I had my knee done, went over to England, yep. and. Um, we had a really good, uh, really good physio over there, and David Joyce, who's I think he's at GWS now at the moment, mm. who put me back together. Uh, done a lot of, I was doing Pilates and that in two thousand and three, two thousand and two, when no one else was really doing. I was doing yoga. I was trying to do everything because I knew I had some back problems. Um, got over there and we done some biomechanics and 
done a, a lot of variations of different stuff to help me core and, and take the pressure off me back and, and work on me VMOs and my knees. I went over there and went well. It was only one year I, I broke down um, and, and played half a season. Uh, but the first couple of years there I was watching the NRL and I knew I, I, I'd left early, yeah. but I needed time to be put back together. And it wasn't fair on the Roosters that they outlaid a lot of money for a player to be there that was broken, and that's how my head works. Mm. Um, like I, Brian Smith tried to get me to go back there after I decided to go to Hull, and I was, I'm honourable, I decided yep. to go to Hull, so I was going to Hull. Um, and it was exciting, moving to the other side of the I world, bet. and it was another point to prove. You know, I'm broken, everyone's ripped me off, mm. I want to come over here. I remember the coach in England, Richard Ager, and he's at Leeds at the moment, really good friend. Um, Said to me, everyone's written you off, said your body's shot, it's busted. He goes, mate, we're willing to take a chance on you. So straight away, I'm going to play for him. And, mm. and, you know, being honest as a coach and a person, they get the best out of you. And I had a point to prove, and I went over and I loved, loved it in England. With Sandy and the, the kids, was it a good life experience? Well, they were off everywhere, every week. Yeah. Um, I'd be playing footy, stuck at home, and they'd be off over Easter, would play the two games, they'd, off they'd go. But... That was what the experience was about. Mm. I, I'd, I'd toured over there for Australia and I, I'd played in, in lots of parts of the world. So for them, it was great. Like I said, I'd love to have had that, that childhood growing up. You retired, then you returned to play for the local club, which I just love, the mighty Wyong Roos. Did you see it as important to give something back directly to the local club and the local league? Uh, at first I said no because I, I finished – the last game was a Challenge Cup Grand Final. Yep. I beat 16-10 and I'd done my MCL for about the sixth time on my left knee and I just said no. Mm. Um, and I was at 98, 100 kilos. So I was on, been training, working heaps and I just looked at the, the players over here in, in the NRL and how it changed in five years and everyone was six foot two and 120 yeah. kilos and could run 111 seconds. So I sort of said no and... I held off and it was I was sitting at my pub at Curry New Year's Eve and I had about two beers and I went, I'm going to play. You know, they need someone. Like they're, yep. they're not affiliated to any club. So um, I rang Rip Taylor and said, mate, I'm going to play. And went back, played every game. Um, one game off the GF um, and we brought through players like Zayn Tedavada and that that went through to play. Um, so it was really, really good experience. It was really good for the local league. The league was humming at that stage on the mm. Central Coast. Um, but I was breaking down. I broke my thumb at train and uh, plant, my plantar fascia snapped in the last game at Leichhardt to make the GF oh. and stuff like that. So I was breaking down. I knew I didn't have much more in me, but it was a really, really good year. Like we, we had some really good guys come out of there. You actually played your last game alongside your son Nick, didn't you? Oh, I come out of oh, – I wouldn't say I retired. I never retired. Um, the the next year, young bloke was playing local grade. He was on his Roosters contract, and he come back and played um, at uh, local grade for um, the Wyong. So they had New South Wales Cup and local first grade, yeah. and he was playing local first grade. So I uh, I said uh, on one Wednesday, I wouldn't mind playing a game with a young fella. So went out and played a game with him, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was fun. I ended up playing about three or four games with him. We played in a uh, final to make the grand final, we played King Cumber, and it was the longest uh, prelim 
I think in history it went for like a, an hour and uh, 118 minutes. Oh, wow. I remember it was just going drop, miss field, miss field goal, miss field goal, miss field goal. At one stage I nearly just grabbed the ball and had a crap myself. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, mate, I, I wouldn't say I retired. I'd just come out and help them. It was a lot lower level, so it was good to have a bit of fun with, with the young bloke. If you've never actually retired, maybe still available in 2021? <laughs> mate, have you seen me? I'm about 126 kilos <laughs> and it's not good weight, so, nah. Mark, what's your biggest regret over your career? Uh, not many. Got to have so many highlights, you know. Got to play for my country. Got to win State of Origins and and, and our World Grand Finals. But um, biggest, you know, regret. We should have won more comps at the Dogs. Yeah. Oh two, and then oh six. Um, oh six, we're belting Broncos. Uh, we should have went on and. And uh, went through the grand final and held in Melbourne. But uh, oh, Willie, as much as we love him and how influential he is and loud he is, he had to at half time give big Shane Webke and Bountiful up tunnel. I think it was 24 2 or 24 4 at half time. And Mace had to give him a spray, enjoy retirement, Webby, and got into him. And uh, Webby went in the sheds apparently and tore strips in him and said, Are you going to let that loud mouth out there beat us today? And Broncos come out. Sean Berrigan found a gear I'd never seen him have. He scored three tries, um, went under one Clive Churchill, and and uh, they won the comp. So that was a massive uh, missed opportunity. Oh. And then we had to put up with Barrow and Australian Tour, giving it to us for seven weeks about how Mace lost us the grand final. Do you remind Mace of this over the years? Yeah, he knows. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of things there. Mace just added fuel to the fire. There's a couple of interchange decisions, I think, because of the, in 04 we'd lost Price in Roy and we went in lean. We had a, a rookie bench. Um, you know, folks, he tried to, to bring off Sonny himself, Mason, and tried to take us in there fresh to the GF, but the momentum that the Broncos had in the second half, we couldn't, we couldn't stop it when we got back on the field. Here's a question. What are you most proud of, mate? Um... Most proud, most proud moment in the grand final. Dogs grand final, low four. Most proudest moment. Um, playing for your state, very, you know, it's a personal achievement. Yep. And it, it's very, you know, honourable and something that, to me, I cherish. But proudest moment was something I achieved with a, a group of guys and a club and a fan base that have been through a lot of turmoil, a lot of, yeah. a lot of shit over the years to get that win sort of like a we did it we beat us we beat the system so that that was probably my most proudest moment it's been a lot of fun it's been an amazing career Mark O'Mealy thank you you sir are a legend thanks Andy we hope you enjoyed Mark O'Mealy behind the mask Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review on the podcast app you're currently listening on. It helps spread the word as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon, legends. Listener.